Hi friend, welcome to another episode of the Why Can't I podcast. I'm Sarah Hagstrom, plant-based health coach turned life and business coach. My goal for this show is to bring you episodes that have you asking the very important question, one I've been asking myself from a young age, why can't I? Followed by a little bit of watch me. All right, let's dive in. Hi friend, I am recording this live, end of December, middle of December, what day is it? I don't know, but there are only a few days left in 2019, and I don't know about you, but 2019 has been a year of transitions and WTF moments. This year, Peter and I moved from San Diego to Maui and realized island life is not for us and ended up back in Washington, where we grew up. And this was our first year. It's been a year now, which blows my mind. In the cold weather, in the seasonal weather, I know some of you live where it's way colder than here. Uh, But first year back, and I am happy to say in 2020, we are moving back to San Diego. We are headed back to the warm, comfortable climate because that is just where I do best. I am a flip-flops and t-shirt girl, actually tank top girl, if we're getting specific. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to what else 2020 brings. I know a lot of people aren't a big fan of the January, new you, new year motivation, but I like it. I, I personally like to hold on to that motivation all throughout the year, but I like how amped up and excited everybody is. I, I want to live like that all of the time. I mean, I try to live my life like that all the time, but I like everybody else living living their life like that too. So I'm really looking forward to 2020. And if in 2020 you want to fill up your one-on-one coaching, your group coaching, your offers, bring more money into your business, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You got to get on the email. The email marketing is so good. So many people say email marketing debt is dead. It's not dead. It's fun. It's great. And it can be really impactful for your business. So one thing I always think about when it comes to being an entrepreneur is the opportunity that it gives you to look at your life and look at your beliefs. When you are putting yourself out there, a lot of things come back at you. A lot of beliefs that you've had since childhood come back at you and you have to examine them. You don't have to examine them, but I feel like in order to be a successful coach, entrepreneur, looking at those beliefs that you have that might be holding you back is key to your success and moving forward. And so, for example, I always thought I hated writing. That was like my thing. I was like, I do not like to write. I hate writing. Uh, I pr- I'm pretty much was told all throughout my childhood grade school for my teachers that I'm terrible at it. I mean, honestly, when teachers read my stuff, like it looks like I'm still terrible at it in terms of grammar and spelling and punctuation. However, right now, in my business, I write every single day. It's crazy. I write every single day. My mom used to punish me and have my and my punishment was to write. She would have me rewrite sentences over and over and over again um, because I was so bad at it. And my teachers would tell me I was terrible at it. And it's just crazy now because I write so much and I really enjoy it. I like writing. And if you think about your business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a health coach, you probably do a lot of writing. This podcast is all about email, but also there's 
social media posts, there's website copy, client emails. It's pretty much impossible not to write. So I just wanted to share this because I think a lot of times we have these beliefs of, oh, I'm terrible at this, or maybe something somebody said to us was, I'm t- you know, you're not very good at this and you hang on to it. And in my experience with writing, because I didn't write a certain way and in, in that setting and in, in the setting of school education, my writing isn't great. But in terms of business, my writing is actually really good and it works really well and it converts and people like it and they share it and they talk about it. Um, and so I just wanted to put that out there because you might have the same belief when it comes to writing. I'm not a very good writer. I'm not good at grammar. I'm not good at editing or spelling. Okay, one little quick nugget that I've recently discovered and I'm not surprised and you will find this too in your business if you haven't already. A lot of my clients, so here's one thing about me. I love to write. I feel like I'm really great at telling story and um, connecting with my ideal clients. I listen to them. I take that. I put it into writing. I'm very good at writing as I speak, but I'm still not good with spelling or grammar or any of that jazz. And so Peter reads all of my stuff before I put it out, most of it, like emails and social posts and things like that. And I recently found out a lot of my clients have their partner's read their content, read their copy before they put it out too. So I wanted to share that because we are all a lot more alike than you might think and it feels really good. So if there's something that you've been wanting to share but you're kind of afraid to share it, like, oh, people are going to judge me. They're not going to think I'm as good. I know for me, one of my big beliefs was, oh, well, it's just going to show that I'm not very smart and if I'm not very smart, who's going to want to work with me in terms of their business and that is so not true. So I wanted to share that. I thought that was really interesting. And that's what happens when you share, you know, your struggles or things that you're working on or things that you do that you might not be super proud of. It gives other people the opportunity to come out and say, actually, I do that too. That I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that because I'm going through that too. Or that's what I do in my business too. Or um, I felt kind of embarrassed about that too. Or, oh my gosh, like I'm not the only one. It's just, it's powerful. We all want to connect, you guys. We all want connection and we're all a lot more alike than we than we think. So so that's just one example. Another thing when I was thinking about my business and you know what it's forced me to to do and overcome and really look at again is public speaking. I always hated public speaking growing up. I thought I was so bad at it and now I really enjoy it. So a lot of things that I thought I was bad at and would never get better at I have. So it's just not true. Dancing, on the other hand, that is something <laughs> that's something I still need help with. So if any of you guys are dance teachers, hook me up. Okay, cool. I just wanted to share that before we dive into email marketing um, to help maybe expand you. Maybe there's something that you're like, oh, I, I really want to do this, but I'm not great at it. You know, I kind of always, if I look back, I kind of always wanted to get into writing, um, but I always had this limiting belief of I'm not good enough. Um, so if there's something that you're like, I'm terrible at it, but I really want to do it, just know that you can overcome that block and master it as well. Okay, let's dive in. So first of all, why email? Why should you focus your attention on email? If you're not 100% convinced, that's cool. I'm going to convince you. No, I'm going to I'm going to tell you why I like it. So, I like it because it's personal, right? It feels more intimate. It doesn't feel like everybody is reading it. It was written for everybody. When done right, it can feel very personal. Like I'm writing just to you. Like I'm inside of your DMs, like we're on a call together. Like we're pen pals, right? I like it because it seems a lot more personal than social media. 
Another reason I recommend email for online coaches is because it's another touch point. And what I mean by that is they say that somebody needs to see your content seven to 11 times before they take action, before they like you, before they know you, before they trust you. So if you are just posting on social media one day, so maybe you post on social media, that's one touch point. But if you post on social media and you send an email, that's two touch points, right? It's a, it's a way for people to get in front of your content even more. Another thing I really like about email is that it stays in their inbox until they take action or delete it. With social media, it's so easy to lose things, to forget about things. But say your ideal client is like, oh, I really want to work with Michelle. I love this program of hers. This post is great. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna take action on this. I'm going to sign up for this. Um, and then they get a phone call. And then they're on the phone. They close their social media app. And then they come back and they're like, hey, what was I doing? You know, and they totally forget. But if they're in their email and they see your email and it's like, oh my gosh, Michelle's program, it's so great. I need to sign up for this. Um, and then they get a call, they go, they come back, check their email. People check their email every single day, multiple times a day, just like social media, but with email, it's still in there, right? So they're more likely to then go and sign up. And the reason that I know this is because it's happened to me so many times. So many times people will comment on my Facebook posts, my Instagram posts and say like, oh, this sounds awesome. I really like this. And then they'll um, send me a, a reply to my email and they'll be like, I'm signing up for this right now. Thank you so much. And then five minutes after they send the email, I'll get a notification that they signed up for my program. So it's really helpful. And I'm going to talk about in this episode, you know, what to send for email. Cause I know some people are like, am I just sending the same thing that I'm posting on social media? Am I sending something else? How often am I sending things? I'm going to talk about that too. But I just wanted to share a few reasons why you might consider email if you haven't already. I mean, I don't think you would be listening to this episode if you weren't already a little bit convinced or interested or already doing it. But just for those of you who are like, I just like Sarah and listening to her content and then they're like, oh, do I really need email? I say yes. I say email is a great addition to your business. And then another thing that you've probably heard other people say about email and the reason a lot of people say this is because it's true is Email, your email list is yours. You can access it anytime. So if Facebook or Instagram or another social platform go down, you still can contact people via email. I know this year, Instagram and Facebook have went down lots of times. And so I just took the content that was going to go out on Instagram and just put it in an email and sent it out to my list. And a lot of people are checking their email on those days when Facebook and Instagram is down because they don't have other things to check, right? So that's even a better time to be emailing your list is when those social media platforms are down. And if they're down and you're doing a launch or something and all of your effort was going to be on Facebook, then that launch is not going to be as successful as if you had email to use as a backup plan. I personally love social media and email equally. I like them both. And I think that they work really well together. And I also believe that it doesn't have to be a big effort. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I have to focus on Instagram right now. So I can't do email. I think email can be very simple and email can really work for you. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later in this episode in terms of how you can automate things so that you're actually saving time with email. So it's not one more thing you have to do. It's one more thing that's working for you in your business. I mean, how good does that sound? Can I get a yes? You guys can DM me yes. <laughs> I'll know what you're talking about. Okay, so the first question that I get all of the time is, 
well, how do I grow an email list? Like I want to do email, but right now I would just be emailing myself and five of my followers. Like how do I grow an email list? How do I get people on my email list? And the thing that I'm going to say is a really good opt-in gift. So in order for them, it's kind of like a give and take, right? I always say like business is is a two-way street, right? People pay you for something and then you provide a service in return. Your your coaching clients want a result. They want to lose weight. They want, um, you know, to overcome emotional eating. They want to find love again. And so they pay you money for you to give them your coaching experience, your time, the container to help them get that. So the same thing with email, right? You want their email so you can email them and stay in contact to them. So you give them a gift, something in return. Hey, you give me your email and I'm going to give you my weight loss action plan that will help you lose weight. And we swap and it's even. It's like, sure, I'll give you my email. You're giving me all of this value. Sign me up, right? So having a really good opt-in gift. Now, I know a lot of you are like, okay, I I need the tech for that. I need to figure out a good opt-in gift that goes along with my main offer, all of that. If you go to plantbasedcoach.biz forward slash email, you'll see my opt-in email and masterclass series, and it walks you through everything. I don't want to get into all the tech on this because honestly, that's Peter's expertise. Um, He helps all of our clients with that. He helps you with that in this series. And I don't want to go in too depth of the opt-in gift, but if you go to that, I'll also put it in the show notes. It walks you through everything step by step by step. Make Make sure that you're on the right track. However, I will say this, in terms of a good opt-in gift, make sure that it's relevant to your niche. Like even if you, like for example, one thing that I did when I first started and was health coaching, I would do like a salad challenge for my opt-in gift and a lot of people would sign up. But then my main offer was a weight loss program for women and it's not relevant. It would have been better if I was selling like, if I was doing a salad challenge and then I was doing like a salad ebook, you know, like you want, it, you want it to be relevant to your niche, very specific. The more specific, the better. And you want it to be in alignment with your offer, right? So if you are selling a weight loss program, a weight loss, go- a weight lo- <laughs> a weight loss guide makes more sense for the opt-in. If you're selling a detox program, detox tips make a better opt-in. So it might be helpful for some of you. And again, we do this in the opt-in email masterclass series, but it might make sense for some of you to think about your offer and then think about what makes a good opt-in. And for those of you who have courses or programs where you have a lot of material, you might be able to take something specifically from your program and give it away as an opt-in gift. And I know a lot of people wonder, like a lot of my one-on-one clients will say things like, oh, sir, I don't want to give this away because you know people are paying for this. But honestly, you guys, People are paying for the whole entire package, not just this one little piece. And most of the time, people aren't going to be like, oh my gosh, you gave this away for free and I paid for this, right? And if that ever happens, there's more value that you can give those people. But honestly, that's never happened to me. So don't sweat it. Come from a place of love, of giving, and that will be returned back to you. Okay, so how do you grow an email list? You create a really good opt-in gift. And then another thing you're going to want to do, so you have the gift, right? And you have it all, all the tech set up, then you're going to want to promote it like crazy, right? Because if you have this really great gift, but it's just sitting on your website, or it's just the URL is just sitting on the internet, 
people aren't just going to it. I think this is a big thing that coaches don't realize when they become health coaches is people don't just go to your website. I wish like back in the day, like when Peter and I were first thinking about starting a business, that's when people were just going to websites and you could get a lot of traffic to your website. Nowadays, there's so much noise, there's so much competition um, and it just doesn't work like that anymore. People are not going to your website. They're already on certain websites, Facebook, Instagram, right? Um, So it makes more sense for you to then put your content on those channels and drive people back to your website. So to give you some examples, you might want to write some of these down in terms of how to promote your opt-in like crazy, like I said, is I would share it on Instagram. I think that's a great place. And for me, I always kind of like to have focuses for what I'm focusing on that day. Like what is the goal of my social media that day or that week? And so you might have a week where you're just promoting your free opt-in. So I would just change the the your Instagram bio to let them know what the opt-in gift is. And I would have the link go straight to your opt-in gift in your Instagram bio. I would also create content on Instagram. You can do this on Facebook too. Instagram or Facebook content that ties in with your opt-in. Maybe you take a little piece. Like if you share six tips in your opt-in, maybe you share one of those tips just on your post and then have the call to action be. If you want more tips, click the link in my bio. I would even do a live video about it, talk about the benefits of it, talk about who might want it, why they might want it, why you created it. I I said this the other day in the opt-in and email masterclass series in one of the videos, but I treat my opt-in gifts like it's something I'm selling. Like I promote it like it's something I'm selling, right? Even though it's totally free because that's how you get more people excited about it. If you put more effort into something, more effort, more energy, the results are going to reflect that. I'd also do podcast interviews with other people or Instagram lives or Facebook lives. And at the end, they usually say, you know, where can I, where can my audience find you? Or, you know, is there anything you want to share with us? And you can say, yeah, I actually have this free guide. I think your audience would love. Here's how you get it. Or I'll put it in the comments below or send me a message if you're interested. You can also do that with Instagram in your stories talking about it. You know, I know not everybody has the swipe up feature. So that's another great way. If you want people to get on your list, you can say, hey, if you're interested in my free emotional eating cheat sheet, send me a message that says cheat sheet and I'll give it to you. And then you can just send them a link. And the cool thing with Instagram currently in the messages, you can send links and then the link will go directly there. Whereas with Instagram, if you don't have the swipe up, there's not a lot of places you can put links that are actually clickable, which in the um, messages they are. Yay, what else? Okay, you can put it on your website too. I didn't say that. So for those of you who have websites, again, you actually can create an opt-in without a website. And we talk about this in the masterclass series. But for those of you who do have websites, you can put it on your homepage. And if you go to my website, plantbasedcoach.biz, on the main page, there's usually a focus. So there's something that I'm focusing on right now that's on the main page. Because like I said, not a lot of people are going to your website, but some people are going to your website. You have links out there, you're you're talking, people are checking you out, they're curious. And so I always like to have the thing that I'm 
promoting right now on my website. Sometimes it's the podcast because the podcast is still pretty new. Sometimes it's my incubator, which is one-on-one coaching if I have spots open. Sometimes it's a masterclass series. It just really depends on what my focus is in my business currently. But I think if you created a new opt-in and you are trying to grow your list, then that would be a great thing to put on your homepage. You can also do a ladder post, which I love in your own Facebook group if you have one, or in another Facebook group if promotion is allowed in that group. And if you're not sure if promotion is allowed in the group, you can check like the rules. And you can also, and it just depends because I know not all Facebook group admins are great, (laughs) truth, um, you can always reach out to them and let them know like your business and why you like that group and you know what you have that you think would be valuable and see if you can work out a collaboration. I know a lot of my clients are like, oh, Facebook groups, you know, I get kicked out when I talk about what I do. I think that if you build a relationship with the person who's running the group and really connect with them and add value to the group, you're more likely to be able to promote in in those groups. And if you guys are interested in hearing more about how to do that, send me a message on Instagram and I'll do another podcast episode on that because I think that can be really powerful because there are a lot of really large Facebook groups um, with full of your ideal clients and full of people who are running them and feeling overwhelmed and not able to create enough content. And they don't want somebody in there just selling, but they would like somebody to help out to provide more value. And that could be a great opportunity for you too. That also ends up resulting in more clients and more income into your business. So I'm going to get to I'm going to get to how this translates to more clients and more income because I imagine some of you are probably like, "All right, Sarah, you want me to you want me to do all this work and for a free thing? Like, I'm trying to pay my bills over here. I I get it. I get it. But you have to spend some time setting this up. It's always harder at the beginning, but once you have all of this set up, then then it's just running, right? Um but the setup is the hardest part. So once you have this, it does get easier. I promise. So, okay. How does this translate to more clients? Well, I really recommend with your opt-in series, you then do a welcome series. So when I say welcome series, what I mean by that is a series of emails that welcomes your new reader, your potential client, into your community, into your world, right? Um, Imagine just pretending that they're new to you. They got your opt-in. They're really interested in the problem that you solve, but they don't know that much about you. They haven't consumed all of your content. And so with a lot of email service providers, you can create automations. And so I recommend that you share who you are and your best content with them. And this is the part that allows email to work for you because you can set this up and then people are getting all of your best content without you having to repost it all of the time. So I see a lot of coaches trying to like give an opt-in and then like sell their program, right? It's like, here's my free opt-in. Here's six tips. Do this, do this, do this. Okay. And if you're interested in more, sign up for my six-week program here or book a call and let's talk. And it's like, whoa, like I just got this and I liked it, but like, I don't even really know who you are, right? So I always recommend weaving some story posts in there first, but not so much like this is who I am, this is what I've done, but more so in favor of them, right? Um, Sharing who you are in a way that benefits them. I always like to ask myself, like, why should they care? Why do they care about this? How is this beneficial to them, right? If you're a plant-based health coach, then letting them know, you know, 
I'm a plant-based health coach. And the reason that I went into plant-based health coaching was because I struggled with my digestion for a really long time. I actually grew up eating standard American diet, um, where I ate everything and it ended me in this really sad place. And then now I'm here and this is why I do this work, right? It makes sense to share that because they're like, okay, I'm actually in that place. Maybe I can get where you are and maybe your tips are beneficial to me, right? So just asking yourself, how can I introduce myself, share who I am, what I've done in a way that allows my ideal client to connect with me, but also is relevant to them and something that they would actually care about So that is something that I recommend doing, letting them know who you are, introducing yourself, but also don't do too much. They don't need to know your entire story in one email. Break it up. Try to aim for one story per email, one message per email, one call to action per email, right? Um, And I also like to give value, like so much value at the beginning and work my way up to the offer. So you know, do, do an email where you give them their gift, share a little bit about yourself. Then you can do an, another post, a story post where you share a story that they might be able to relate to or a struggle that you went through, that you overcame, that they might be struggling with. Then some tips. I also, if you've been posting online for a while, if you're new, you're, you're going to create this content, right? Um, and that's okay. But if you have been posting on social media for a while, you can go back on Instagram and your Facebook group and look and see, and maybe if you already have emails, but you don't have this welcome series and you can see what content did really well. What do people really like learning from me? What, what do they really resonate with? What stories? And you can just take those and put those into your welcome series. That's what, that's what I do. I, I went through, got all the the posts that I think are really important, really crucial that people need to know about myself and my brand and why I do what I do and some really juicy tips. And then um, and then I put them into the welcome series. And then another thing, you guys, is I actually go through that. I need to go through that again soon. But I go through that and I see like what is still relevant and what I want to add. And you can add and make it as long as you want. And if you want to check out an opt-in and how I do this, I'll put my social media training in the show notes. And if you sign up for that, you will get these emails from me where I share, you know, what to focus on on if you're a health coach to get maximum results, what to post on social media to draw on your ideal clients. I'll talk about my story, you know, how I went from struggling as a health coach to selling $5,000 coaching packages. And then I'll walk you to my offer, right? And and that's what I recommend you guys do too. And that's how it translates to sales is you're kind of introducing them, warming them up. And then you're saying like, hey, if you liked this, if you feel like I would be a good fit for you, you can purchase or you can get on a discovery call or whatever you want to do. And you can have multiple opt-in gifts and series, right? These are what we call funnels, right? Funnels that drive to a different product. But I recommend you start with one that works. It's really tempting to create a bunch of different ones, create this opt-in and this opt-in and this opt-in and do this funnel that leads to your course and this one that leads to coaching. But funnels can be very messy. I'm speaking from experience. And then going back and redoing them is a whole thing. So what I recommend is nailing one, perfecting one before you create more because it's going to be so much easier to have one working really well and then create another, right? So that's what I recommend. 
I want to talk about some just general tips and questions that I get. And if you guys have more questions about email, comment on my email marketing post that's on Instagram, and I will answer any of your questions. So one of the big questions I get is how often and what do I email? So once you have an email list, what are you supposed to email them? <laughs> I get that all the time. Sir, what do I email my list? Like, hey, <laughs> good question. So I have a unique perspective on email. A lot of people will be like, you don't want to email too much. You don't want to sell too much. I think that is BS. I believe that you can email as often as you want. I email my list as often as I want. There's no rhyme or reason. I just make sure it's valuable. I never email just to say that I've emailed. Never, ever, ever. I also write every single day, so I have so much content. So usually there's something valuable in there to share. I personally enjoy getting emails from people that I like and I've signed up for. And so if they're sending me lots of emails, I'm either going to read them and be really excited or if it's safe for a promotion for a product or something and I feel like I don't need it right now, it's not the right time, it's not for me, I'll just delete the email. It's not that hard to delete the email. I'm not going to unsubscribe because I like the person and I like hearing from them, right? So that's something that I encourage you to do is think about what you like in emails because your ideal client is probably pretty similar to you. Okay, one thing I do hate though, I really can't stand it when people email me after they haven't emailed me for months or like even years. That has happened to me before a few times actually. So sometimes I'll get emails from someone and I'll kind of forget who they are and they'll be emailing me emailing me about their new program, right? If you've been gone for a long time, I don't want the first email to be like, hey, here's my new program. I think that it's really important that you stay consistent. Once you start an email list, I think it's important that you stay consistent. And consistent for you might look like once a week. Like I said, it doesn't have to be every day. If you only have something valuable to share uh, once a week or every other week, then I think that's fine. I will say the more you're emailing people, the more in contact you're with them, um, the more you're sharing value and getting in front of them. I do think the more they're likely to sign up for what you have to offer, the more connected they're going to feel towards you. But again, if you can't crank out the valuable content because you're still in a nine to five, you're working with clients full time, like I get it. It's hard to do all of the things all of the time. So I totally get it. But if you do disappear, right? So say you are like one of these people that I'm talking about that make me unsubscribe. One thing, I always think about things like this. I don't know if you guys do this. I, I'm always thinking and sometimes I think it drives Peter crazy. I'm like, okay, how would I have done that? How could they have done this better? If I created that, what would it have looked like? I don't know. I just do this in my free time. It's very fun. To, it's very fun for me. So I, I think about it often. If I was to disappear for a while, my advice would be to let people know why you disappeared. But again, going back to that, how it relates to them, right? Not making it all about you, like why you've been gone and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But now you're back and here's my program. I would more so do it in a way that relates to your ideal client. So they're actually benefiting from you being away. What what would this look like? So uh, let's say that you disappeared for because you had a baby, right? So Say that you were gone, you had a baby. I feel like you could then come back, um, create like a really juicy, good subject line, 
And then what I would do is I would let them know like, hey, I've been gone for three months because I had a baby and dang, that was challenging. But in the process, I put put together five things moms need to have in place when it comes to bringing in a new baby home. And you can grab it here totally for free. Send me your best mom advice. I need it or something like that, you know. Um, So it's like fun. It's catchy. And then you're giving them a gift in return. I think that that's a way better way to do it than say, hey, I've been gone for three months. I had a baby. Oh, my gosh. And then here's my program if you want to sign up. I'm like, "Mm, no. But I do think it's better if you let them know why you've been gone, which the person that I unsubscribed to recently didn't say anything about that. Okay, what about getting people to open your emails? Because that's something, you know, Sarah, I send out emails, but barely anybody opens them. Nobody responds. I ask, why are they struggling? What's their biggest health struggle? And they never respond. So a few things that I'm playing with in terms of all of these and always testing them, it's always an opportunity to improve. If you're like, my open rates are really terrible. Nobody's responding. Then it's like, okay, try something else. Don't do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. It's just not going to happen. Try something else. So for me, one thing that I've been playing with a lot is, and this is this is very small, but I I want to give it, I want to give you guys everything. Take what you want, leave what you don't. But if there's anything in here that you're like, okay, I need to try that, try it. Let me know how it goes. But One thing that I've been playing with is the formatting in my email. So I was sending like very formatted emails, but now I'm trying to make them more personal, right? So I I already write like I talk, but now I'm also looking at how I text my friends because my community, and again, it depends on your audience, right? And your ideal client and what they're like. My my ideal clients are health coaches. Um, they're very similar to me and my style. Um, and I think of them like my friends, like I want to help my friends succeed. I want to give them all the tools that I didn't have when I was building my health coaching business so that they can succeed faster than I did. Peter today, he's like, oh my gosh, I think one of our clients is going to make more money than we are. That's awesome. And I was like, that is awesome. You know what I mean? Like we really want you to be super successful, more successful than us. So we want to be successful, but we want you guys to be successful too. Um, so I like to to see if I can write like I would be writing my friend. So I've been looking at my text messages lately and seeing how I write things, how I punctuate. Um, and usually it's, lo- it's less punctuation. It's very just like basic and to the point, short and sweet. And so I've been experimenting with writing emails more like that. Another thing that is really important is your subject lines. I like to think of Instagram posts and Facebook posts, the first line as a subject line too. So this is relevant to emails and social media posts, but I like to make the subject lines really interesting, really juicy. I like to think about who do I, who, who is this email for? What would they open? And when I was planning out this podcast, I wanted to go in and see you know, some email subject clients that did really well recently to kind of give you an example. And I wrote down two. One of them was my strategic Black Friday shopping plan. That one did very well on Black Friday, which Black Friday isn't the easiest day to get people to open emails because there's so many emails. That's another thing to think about is, you know, how many people are sending emails, how much noise is there. When do you send them? When do your people check email? All of those things to think about. Again, I don't get too hung up on that. I rather create really great content, really great subject lines, do my best. And then if I have a little extra brain power, then I can be more strategic about when I send it. Um, Oh, speaking of sending it, 
you guys like my podcast, how I'm just like, oh, there's a thought, there's a thought. <laughs> Speaking of sending it, one thing that also works really well is um, resending to unopens. So with a lot of email service providers, we use ConvertKit and I'll put the, t- we, t- we talk about this in um, the email opt-in and masterclass series. So if you have that, you're going to have information on that, but I'll put this in the comments below, all the tools that, or not the comments, the show notes, all the tools that we use for our business. We use ConvertKit and ConvertKit and a lot of other email service providers have this feature, allow you to see who opened your emails and who didn't. And it allows you to send an email to everybody who didn't open your email. So you can then change the subject line a little bit. It's the same email and then send it again. And more people always open when you do that. So that's just another little tip that you might want to try. If you send an email, then waiting a little while, sometimes we wait four hours, sometimes we wait until the next day and resending it, especially if it's a really great email which the goal is to have them all be really great emails, but some are more important than others. So that email did good, my strategic Black Friday shopping plan. And then another one recently that did extremely well was from full-time to part-time. That one did really well too. I also, another thing that I do is I play with the capitalization and the spelling, again, trying to make it sound like I talk. I also include a lot of story into my posts because people remember stories. It's so crazy. I was telling Peter the other day, I've been meeting more people in person and doing Zoom calls with people that I that are new to my community in terms of not new to my community, but new to me. Like a lot of people in my community I've worked with or I've talked with before or they're commenting on my posts, but I've been having more calls with people who I've never talked to. Um, I don't I don't recognize their name or anything like that. And they'll tell me things about myself. And it's just so crazy. And it, I always come back to it. it's because I tell a lot of stories in my posts and people pay attention to that. They remember that stories stick, right? Um, If you think about me, you probably, there's probably some story that I've told that you can recall, maybe something about me struggling when I was building my health coaching business, going from selling $27 courses to $5,000 health coaching packages, Um, maybe talking about growing up with alcoholics as parents, maybe not being a good speller, Um, different stories that if you read my content, they kind of stick with you. You remember them that is why you want to include stories because then it will help people remember you and what you do. So I always include as much story as I can. I think, and when I say as much, again, it's not like multiple stories. It's more like one story per email. And then going along with the one thing, I also do one call to action per post. So instead of saying like, hey, are you struggling with your digestion? Are you interested or well, it would be like, are you struggling with your digestion? I have a new podcast episode. Check this out. If you need coaching, here it is. You know, it's just a lot of things. And you might be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a lot of things. But if you look at your social media posts or your emails or things, you might notice that you kind of do that where you're having people go all over the place and they're just less likely to do that. It's more diluted when you do that. And then Another thing is don't be afraid to send out emails. Like once you have an email list and you've been giving value, don't be afraid to send an email where you are just promoting 
your offer and talking about it. There's nothing wrong with that. I say this a lot, but there's nothing wrong with selling. There's selling is serving, right? That is providing value. If you created a program that solves a problem, the problem that your ideal client has, then you sending out an email where you let them know that you have this program, this product, this service, that is valuable. So another benefit of having email is it's another way to promote what you have to offer. All right, you guys, I could go on forever talking about this, but I feel like this is good. It gives you enough stuff to play with, to implement. And if you love this, please tag me on social media, tag me on Instagram at Sarah underscore Hagstrom. If you need help, if you want me and Peter to help you set up your email for your business, definitely check out the opt-in email masterclass series linked in the show notes below. And I... I am so excited to rock 2020 with you. 2020 just sounds fun to say. 2020, here we come, 2020. All right, you guys, I'll see you later.